Hello, my name is Daniel Linhares. Hello, my name is Giovanni Trevisan. And we are here to talk about the major findings of the report 15, uh, going out May 7th, 2019, of the Swine Disease Reporting System. So we will start on the page one. The, these reports are available in the Chic website on swinehealth.org under the domestic swine disease uh, reports and also available the full dashboards there are available on our group website under uh, fieldepi.org uh, just click on the SDRS uh, tab so Giovanni on the page one uh, which is uh, about detection of PERS RNA over time by PCR uh, data consolidated here among the four participating videos Uh, you point out here that the number of cases tested for March and April uh, are within the expected value, the number of positive tests. And uh, any comments on this? Yeah, you are correct, Dr. Linares. What we saw is that on week 16, we, between April 14 and 20, there was a little increase in the percent of positivity in winter-marked animals, and also this was accompanied by an increase, 5% increase in the number of cases. So that went up, but in the following week that went down again. And from South Farms, we are seeing since October of last year, a slight increase in the curve. So if you consider from January to March of 2009, this represents a 1.59% increase. So this slight increase It's very similar of what we have been seeing on the machine project. So we are looking more for a quiet purse year season right now. It's a great summary consistent with what uh, we're hearing from the advisory group. And like you said, the MSHIMP uh, report that seems like it's a quiet purse season in terms of incidence and, and, uh, and clinical picture, right, relatively. Uh, And related to that, maybe related to that, uh, the number of cases that are re requesting sequencing or five sequencing, uh, at least at the ISU VDL, is down 16%. Why, what you're hearing from the advisory group about that? Well, it has been pointed out that as the per season is more quiet, the number of sequence also is less necessary at this moment to detect new strains of virus. So, less quiet per season, it's associated with less sequences. Yeah, that makes sense. If you don't see clinical problems, you don't, you don't no need to further investigate, right? But even even though the general, the overall number of sequences are coming down, some specific sequences here, 132, 1204, and 144, they are, they are, uh, uh, They, they had been uh, relatively here increasing. Uh, any comments on, the, on those specific RFLPs? That's right. If the 144 and 112.4, we have been found those RFLPs since the beginning of our data analysis in 2010, and they are related wild-type PERS uh, strain. So probably there is some activity going on in the field with those RFLPs types, and we need to watch closely in the upcoming uh, weeks and months. Differently, for the 132, it's 
61% of all sequences were related to uh, Fostella-like, and that's a vaccine strain. We have been seeing the wild type since 2010 as well for the 132, but the increase is not in that side of the strains. Okay. Uh, so let's move here to page two where uh, of the report where it's about detection of enteric coronaviruses by, by PCR. So here in this page, it seems like the PED, detection of PED over time has, uh, it's under control or within the boundaries of what has been expected. Uh, but it seems like there's some, not high, but significant spikes here on PED, oh, sorry, yeah, on, on Delta coronavirus. Any, what are the comments on that, highlights on that, Giovanni? Well, on April, we had some uh, interesting finds. For example, Delta coronavirus on week between April 14 and 20 had 7.10% of all cases tested positive in South Farm. So that was the highest level for this year of 2019. And this was basically influenced by cases uh, coming from Iowa, Missouri, and Kansas, what could be related to uh, regional activity of this virus. And some uh, reports that we have received by the Advisory Council is that some members, those experienced these outbreaks, have been seeing clinical signs as diarrhea and mortality in newborn pigs uh, higher than the normal pattern that they have been saw before for this virus. So one question that still remain is if you are dealing with uh, different strains of this virus or is just a clinical presence of the similar one that was before. For winter markets, uh, age category, we saw in the first two weeks of the month, uh, lower detection than uh, we saw in the last two weeks of the month. There was an increase of 2% between this period of time for this agent. So some uh, opportunities for some follow-up field investigation res uh, research trials, right, to investigate the, uh, if there's anything going on ge genetically with the virus, multiple strains perhaps. Uh, increased virulence. Um, how about TGE? TGE remain, continues to be low here, it seems like. What, what, do, what, do, what are the highlights on TGE detection over time? Well, as we have the restricted number of cases, this is very similar of what we have we saw in March of 2018. So we don't have further comments on this one. Okay. So let's move to page uh, three of the report. Uh, which includes mycoplasma and CNS, but uh, so so on mycoplasma, uh, what are the highlights here on mycoplasma? The number of cases and the percentage of positive results is very similar, uh, is within the expected for this period of the year, so mm -hmm. no further comments. And so moving to the CNS uh, disease and detection of pathogens associated with CNS disease and in a in, in CNS tissues. It seems you report here a uh, relative increase in detection of pestivirus, uh, porcine por cephalovirus, and also salt intoxication cases. What's the feedback that you're hearing from the advisory group on that? Well, salt, probably you are really seeing more cases since the disease is a long time 
present and described and well known. But for the past virus, that is the shaking pig syndrome, and for the porcine mm -hmm. virus, it's unclear where this number of cases are uh, real increasing in the field, or if we are really having better tools for diagnosing and understanding the pathogens of this virus, and we are pointing that out right now. So another opportunity to better understand if the pestivirus and, and sapillovirus are those, uh, what's the clinical relevance there in the field, right? Uh, okay, let's move forward here to page to page five uh, out of sorry page four out of six that we have to talk about here today. Uh, detection of pathogens in respiratory tissue over time. You report here, Giovanni, in this page uh, increased detection of uh, uh, HPS and also uh, uh, Pastorella multocida. What's uh, What's going on here? What else in, in this page? We have been receiving a lot of feedbacks this month on these agents, and it's most associated that more diagnoses have been done to correctly identify the agent of some strain of the agents that is circulating in the farms to improve or develop new autogenous mm -hmm. vaccine to better control these agents in the field. So you don't need to be very concerned about an increase in detection, but as better work being done to control disease on field. And I missed APP here as well, right? So the increase then it's a HPS, Haemophilus uh, parasuis, uh, APP, Actinobacillus pleuronemoni, and Pastorella multocida. And uh, so a perception among diagnosticians and the advisory group is that that's more related to vaccine uh, uh, strategies, right, rather right. than actual disease going on, be unexpected. Okay, page five uh, talks about detection of pathogens in enteric tissues over time, and so you report here uh, I increase in cases uh, described as multiple infection in uh, and fifty cases, increasing fifty cases compared to previous year. So. Uh, what's in that bucket of multiple? What do you have to? Uh, what are the further clarifications about on, on that multiple bucket? First of all, I want to point out that this uh, syndrome information is organized by disease detection, and as most of herds in the U.S. are not uh, pathogen-free, when you are dealing with a disease, you probably are going to find one or more agents. The multiple category is used to describe when more than two or more agents are causing the diseases. So the when you look for the enteric ones, the combination of the four first multiple agents that have been causing the diseases is a combination of the four agents that is causing the as a, identified as a single insultant for this uh, system. And so that goes back to rotavirus PD and uh, E. coli, right? And, uh, so that uh, closes the kind of standard pages of the report. But for this report, you do have a bonus page. Yes, we do. <laughs> so let's talk about the bonus page. 
And the bonus page this uh, this month is on uh, further exploration here on the genetic diversity of OR5 from PERS virus classified as RFLP type 184 uh, in the, uh, the ISU VDL in 2016, sorry, 2018 and 19. So it's all about describing the genetic diversity of 184 type of viruses. You have previously described here in the in the in the reports of the of this project that uh, if you look at RFLP 252 that's a pretty much genetically 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 conserved right so right not a lot of variation on the 252s which uh, which are MLV like for the most part and uh, so but w situation was different with 174 174 There was a um, medium vari uh, uh, variation of 2.8 between the strains of variations up to 12%. And so the 184 here, what did you find for 184? First, you may want to talk about why did you select those three uh, RFLPs and then wh what did you find about 184 and what are the implications of that? We have a dashboard that describes the pattern of detection of RFLP from Iowa State ISU VDL since 2010. And the RFLPs 174 and 184 are the most frequent wild type detected, and the 252 is the most frequent vaccine likes. So, as they were the three major ones, we have been working on them to uh, better understand the genetic diversity. And surprisingly, for the 184, the genetic diversity is higher than the 174, that goes up on to close to 18%, and the median pairwise distance of this genetic di diversity is 10.28%. So when you look further to understand a little bit better of how diverse is this virus, we found uh, four distinct clusters that are distributed among different states, and they represent are most likely that we are dealing with different viruses in different regions of the country. And maybe this could be related with the uh, early introduction of this virus in early 2000 and better circulation in the adaptability to keep circulating the cell farms and the animals over time. Yeah, so those are big numbers, right? I think it's no uh, news here for this swine a veterinarian that not all not all uh eight, 184s are the same but i think one important number it's it's all uh, we, we like numbers right so it's uh, important to uh, understand that the median difference between any two 184s are is a 10 10% that's a lot right all the way to almost 18% difference between two 184s so belonging from the same RFLP family, uh, but uh, very, very, very different. So need for further understanding how to name those viruses out there. And like you said, especially those that are uh, older in the database, right? Those are those early ones. And especially one other thing that I want to point out is that in some regions, the mean pairwise difference was close or below 2%, while in the other region that went up to 10%. In the bonus page here, you also report for that 184's uh, genetic diversity that if you look at by state, it uh, those viruses, they tend to cluster by state. 
right? So right. to look at uh, 184s from Oklahoma, they tend to cluster kind of with uh, less uh, distance between between them. But if you look at 184 from Oklahoma and then compare that to Ohio or Missouri, then that's perhaps where that uh, that that's where it gets closer to that extreme of 18% different, right? Right. All right, so that closes our topics here. Anything else that I forgot to mention, Giovanni? No, that's it. So we will be back next month with Report 16. Uh, again, if you want to access the, the full report, the PDF report, it's available in the Chic website. And uh, the full dashboards should be a link for that uh, for those dashboards in the in the report. They are also available in our group uh, website, fieldepi.org. Just click on the SDRS tab there. Have a nice day.